revival costs a lot like sacrificially and literally like it costs me money to fly there and it's not cheap but we, we've been going back and forth and it's like we've had people be like man you know that's a lot and it is a lot but last night last night I saw my wife out in the glory of God shaking on the floor and I'm telling you, I've never seen her in that place and I said every penny of this is worth it why? because she's the mom what does that encounter mean for my babies and the daughters that God has placed I'm telling you I've never never seen anything like it she's there she's, she's there they're staying today then they come home later tonight so I pray over them I, I had the the uh, the other side of the travel arrangements which was leave the hotel this morning uh, about 3 o'clock uh, two, th- 2 o'clock here local time and um, and uh, get, get landed in Dallas and, and came here and, and, and today's going to be quite a bit different and so welcome to the homestead but I think it fits and um, y'all y'all are great y'all are awesome and y'all can, y'all can see be seated, but we honor that, man. And I'm going to talk a little bit about them and why I think it was actually the will of the Lord that today's been so much different. And I'm going to share a little bit about that. And then I'm going to share a little bit of my heart. And I, I told Nick, I said, today's going to be really different. I, can, I, I knew it from like the second I woke up, today's going to be quite a bit different. And um, just some things the Lord's been showing me and doing in my own personal life is really unique to me. I've never, I've never been where I am right now. And that's really fun to say. And it's not hype. And it's not me just trying to make y'all think that I've got some. It's just like, man, I've actually never been this alive in my life. I've never been this alive in my life. And so I'm, I'm going to share just a little bit. I told Nick, I was like, man, I know today's going to be different. I knew we had a lot out. Of course, we had 12 that had traveled or 10 that had traveled to North Carolina. So a lot of those guys, including leaders, are there. Um, and, but I told Nick, I said, man, literally, usually when I'm traveling... So that being said, like put on your rambling uh, um, earphones today, like able to ramble with me. Everybody good with that? Just going to share a little bit from my heart. I am going to take a text maybe perhaps, uh, but, but I really just, a lot's just swirling. It's the only way I know how to describe it, and I'm really excited about that. Um, some of this comes from conversations I've had with some of you this week, um, following last Sunday's amazing, uh, amazing uh, time in the presence of the Lord and, and then I get there but I tell Nick usually when I travel uh, usually when I travel I'll spend the afternoons before services like getting ready for Sunday you know and, 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 and making sure all my notes are in order making sure that I've got some type of a game plan and, and none of that fit this weekend like not a, I, I picked up my pen and did my date you know, like I'm trying to write all the things I know I'm going to write when I don't know what I'm going to write. So I like get the date on there. And I get intro, underline, colon. Like all that I could do without a word of the Lord. And like nothing came out. I'm like, and I just felt a, a like safety to not do that. And so today's going to be a little bit of a ramble. I do have some notes, but they're, they're going to be interesting for me to follow. So it's going to be really interesting for you to follow. Um, so... Um, but I felt like today was, was so different, uh, but I think that it was on purpose. And I love the way the Lord does that. Um, because it, it also kind of shows us 
where we are in certain aspects. And I could tell from the second we began service, a lot of us, the fact that there was one person singing today and not the full band really affected the way we engaged. And so then just to make sure the Lord wants to show us that it's not about the sound, he just breaks Shane's guitar. (laughs) Call that a coincidence. I don't care. It was working 38 seconds before we started. 12 seconds before we started. It was working when Nick was praying. But as soon as... Now I've got, I've got, I'm texting Slade and Slade's a, a, a true sound engineer and, uh, and George and Kathy are back there honoring and serving and I'm like, man, they need some, we got to figure out what's going on. Everything's working five seconds ago. So Slade's going up there. Now we've got Slade who's not tiny. Slade's a lot of things. I've never called him small. Now Slade's going up on the stage back and forth and I literally, you, like it's like all the earth. We'll shout your praise. All the It's like Shane's guitar became the focus point. Then this big, beautiful, very tall, bald man walking up on stage became the focal point. And the fact that like there's the the the, the band was trying to figure things out, and then every now and then we'd get a guitar and then it would go away. All of that became the focal point. That's not the focal point. And I believe what the Lord is doing is He is trying to raise a family that's like, God, if we have nothing, we came came for you. The sound helps. I am not pretending like it didn't affect me. I'm not saying I didn't notice that Shane's guitar wasn't working. I'm not saying I didn't notice that they were bumping around a little bit. But I'm saying is we have to then begin to stir within our hearts the honor of, I didn't actually come for them. I came for Him. And it, it, it literally, I mean, Nick, Nick knows kind of where I'm at. It literally goes exactly with what we're talking about today. It's exactly what's been stirring in my heart. And so there's this, like, awkwardness, but it's okay. I want to say that to you. It's okay that they're kind of bumping around. It's okay that we don't have perfected things. It's okay that they didn't have a game plan. It's okay that, like, they started trying to sing a song and went to a different song and trying to make... That's all okay. Our praise and our worship is not supposed to be polished. It's supposed to be authentic. Now I'm going to tell you something. If you're encountering the Lord, this this is something really interesting. I'm telling you, be ready. We're going all over the place. ADD on high gear today. (laughs) Hallelujah. There There was a moment this weekend where I mean the only word I have is jubilee. There is a party going on in my heart. I'm talking like goofy white boy dancing. Go, I mean, just party in my heart. So thankful. The gratitude that was exploding in my heart was so real, I was dancing. Just dancing before the Lord. I was not dancing as David. If you know, you know David danced so much that his clothes fell off. We didn't get there, thank God. And all the saints said, praise Jesus. But... But I was dancing before the Lord because in that moment, it was an explosion of thanksgiving and joy. And I remember I look over and a dear friend of mine was sitting a couple of seats away from me. His name is Bobby. Bobby Limley was sitting in his seat. Sitting with his hands on his his knees. Just sitting like that. 
I'm encountering this explosion of joy, and he's in this deep, intimate, quiet place. Both are right. Because in that moment, he needed that and I needed that. But what is the only thing that matters is in that moment, I was giving him exactly what I knew I was supposed to give. I'm not telling you the way we worship is meant to look the same. I think that can become idolatry and silly. I think it can. I've been in those services. I've been where everyone jumps and dances the same. And if it's authentic, it's glorious. But I'm telling you, I looked at a guy sitting. My, my grandmother is one of the, the, the strongest worshipers I've ever seen in my life. And she doesn't stand up. So then in this, but, but, but what you have to say is, in this moment, I'm so singularly focused, nothing else matters. And whatever that looks like is perfect. Because some, sometimes that comes out in tears. Sometimes it comes out in, in just standing there. Sometimes I'm on my face. Sometimes I'm on my knees. Sometimes I'm clapping and doing the uber white guy thing. Just announcing to the world we have no rhythm. But if in that moment I can say I'm authentically giving him everything that I feel I'm, I have to give in this moment, then it's perfect. And that's why I, well, we'll get there in a second. But so then this morning we're having this moment and it's like, I mean, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Besides teaching us that we don't need instruments. Teaching us that, that that can be an unhealthy crutch. When he's present in the room, nothing else matters. Right? And so I'm sitting there. But then the, the guitar breaks. And, I, and we're not being able to fix it. So then my, my thought is I need to look for Slade. Slade can help. Well, the only thing that came from me helping Slade. Because he didn't do anything. The thing's still flipping broken. So, so much for help, Slade's help. And... So I'm like, okay, that's not working, this is not working. But while I was looking to get Slade's attention for something else, I caught a glimpse of his wife and the way that she was worshiping. And literally when Shane was like just doing Shane, like just not even singing English, just he just does some things with his voice that makes me sick, but I'm, I love it. But it also makes me sick because I can't do that at all. I taught him everything he knows, but I just can't do it. And... But I was noticing that when he was singing and doing these like just worshiping runs, she was like matching it. It was the same. And so I bring her up. I'm like, no. I was like, I lean over to her and she's a spiritual daughter to my, she, so she, did, she knew she couldn't actually say no, but I pretended like she could. And I'm like, do you, not, do you love me? She said, yes. You trust me? She's like, I'm like, I need you to sing. It wasn't, it wasn't because there was anything lacking. It was that there was an invitation for an addition. Not only that, I felt like Shane could use some help because he definitely wasn't getting it from the room. <laughs> take that as you know, as you need to take it. But there was something, so, so this, but this awkwardness is okay. It's okay. Because I've done the perfect church thing and left unchanged. I've done the excellence thing and left unchanged. But then I've been in awkward moments like this and something was stirring in my heart. I felt like the whole day was, I got mom out of the way, I got dad out of the way so that I could hold Judah. And we had a moment. So, it's just, it's okay that it doesn't look right all the time. It's okay that it's not polished. And I don't just mean that in a corporate setting, I mean that in your own life. I mean that in your own prayer life, in your own worship life. The unpolished, authentic you is actually what he wants. The unpolished, authentic you is actually what he wants. 
And I'm telling you, he would rather hear you say, I don't like this, than he would going, oh, great father, out thou, I declare the goodness. No, no, no. Sometimes it's like, no, I don't understand this. But this is who I really am in this moment. And I give him the authentic me, and in that moment, I get the authentic him. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are... <laughs> this is the... Well, we're going to get there. Let's get there. I'm going to make a mental note on paper. That's not a mental note. But I feel like it's important. All right. My, uh, was that me? Jamie. Jamie's texting me in the middle of my message. Hallelujah. Love you too, baby. I'm not going to tell you what she said, but hallelujah. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Um, so I am, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm just going to just jump in. Everybody good? This is weird as heck. My God. Hallelujah. Welcome to the homestead. We love you. And, man, it's weird. That wasn't me. That's somebody else. Check your phone, people. Once I silented mine, now I'll judge you for years going off. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, okay, I'm just going to read a little bit, and then we'll, let's just see where we go, Nick Brown. It's awesome knowing that I got a big brother who's with me. It's, it is, because I can, all of y'all can leave going, that dude's an idiot. He's lost it. He's lost his mind. And Nick loves me enough to don't, he doesn't care. So it's very, very freeing to find people who are with you regardless of if you're knocking it out of the park or not. Amen? Man, anybody's had the, uh, the opposite. When you find authentic family who's with you through high, low, thick, thin, no matter how much you get to see them and hang out with them, they're just, they're there. And if you need them, they're there. That's the greatest thing in the world. Amen. So I'm, 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 I'm in a weird place and it's quite different. Although <clears throat> how I feel is, is in this moment is quite different, I believe. And I wrote some of this down. I think it's so bathed with peace, Nick, and a sense of safety that we just continue to go deeper. I think fear and not knowing who we really are always cause us to stop once unfamiliar comes. When things get unfamiliar and, we're, and we have fear and we definitely don't know exactly who we are in Christ, unfamiliar makes us stop. Peter gets out of the boat, walks on water, and gets afraid of water. Not, bring, not trying to minimalize his situation. He is walking on top of water and water is what scares him. I think it was the unfamiliar that freaked him out. Why would you be afraid of water if you're currently standing on top of it? It's because it's unfamiliar. And when we get into unfamiliar places and things are not the way we think they're going to go or it's just new and a little challenging or a little unsteady, unfamiliar typically makes us go away, makes us back up. But I think what the Lord is doing is sometimes he'll, 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 He's inviting us into deeper things, but deeper waters mean kind of unfamiliar waters. takes us a little bit deeper and He's just inviting you to trust who He really is. Amen? And not only who he really is, but what he says about you. So, um, so I want to teach today, and, and honestly, I want to talk about our purpose, your purpose. 
my purpose and, and what we were really designed to be. And I'm going to share into that a little bit. And, but really, Nick started the day off um, right. I mean, just perfect the way Nick started the day off. But it's how our hearts are postured in honor and how that establishes this life of connection with God. And um, so really oddly, I want to take this, this because you wouldn't think these two go together. I want to talk about your purpose. I want to talk about living the life of honor that positions us to encounter the presence of Jesus. So let's go to Habakkuk. <laughs> Habakkuk 2 verse 2. Habakkuk 2 verse 2. Very famous section of scripture. I just personally preached it wrong for a long time. Habakkuk 2, verse 2. You know, and I feel that I think there's people watching that I know we've got a lot of people homesick. And we just pray the healing power of Jesus over those that are sick in body today and just pray wholeness over you. And we celebrate that you didn't come. Amen. We thank you for loving us enough to stay home. Hallelujah. Um, Habakkuk 2, verse 2. I mean, chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk 2, verse 1. Hallelujah. I will stand my watch. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. And watch to see what he, he being the Lord, will say to me. And what I will answer when I am corrected. Verse 2. This is a very famous section of scripture, but I want us to see it in kind of where I think the Lord's talking to us specifically this morning. So verse 2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Say the vision. Write the vision. Make it plain upon tablets that he may run who readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Look how confusing this mystery is. Watch this. Though it tarries, wait for it. Though it tarries, it isn't, it's, it's being revealed, wait for it. Though it tarries, it's being revealed, wait for it. Because it will surely come and it will not tarry. This is why people go, the Bible makes no sense. It makes no sense without the unction of the Holy Spirit. It's a book. Without the revelation that it's actually meant to be a love letter. And you're not supposed to fall in love with the word. You're supposed to fall in love with the author. The words help me see the face of the author. Amen. I know a lot of people who know a whole lot about the Bible. And do not image forth the Christ in any way. And I know kids that cannot quote a single scripture to you. But I look into their eyes and I see Jesus. Amen. So, though it waits. Though it tarries. Wait for it. Though it is yet to be fully revealed. Wait because it will surely come and it will not tarry. Only Jesus can be this. Here and coming. The time is coming and is now where the true worshipers will worship God in the spirit and in truth. Which one is it? Is it coming or is it now? Yes. Yes. The time is coming and is now the spirit where the worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Which one is it? Yes. The kingdom of God is coming and the kingdom is at hand. Which one is it? Yes. Because they're never, it's a never-ending encounter of finding out more about him. There's, there's a never-ending knowledge of the goodness and the nature of Almighty God. And so, this, this section of scripture I, I, is so interesting to me. I, I never, ever, ever sleep on an airplane. I cannot do it. I think people are 
mysterious beings that can. It's the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Um, and so I never can sleep. I'm overly hot. I'm claustrophobic. I do not enjoy it. I don't mind flying. I just don't enjoy it. You know what I mean? It's not like something I'm excited about. And um, I don't get scared about it. I just don't enjoy it. And, um, but I cannot sleep. And again, people who... Jamie can sit down and... Out. I've got plenty of pictures to prove this. She sleeps in such a way on an airplane that she does not sleep at home. Mouth open. She's not here. I can say it's all truth. Jamie, go, but, but I've, I cannot do that. Nick can do that. Which blows my mind. I would think he'd be more uncomfortable than me. No offense. And... Nick gets on a plane, and if people's legs are on in front of him and they lean their seat back, it puts me into a place of anger that I'm, I, I, I lose my religion. I will. I, it drives me nuts. You can feel my knees touching your seat. And then people just scoot themselves back. Like them being more comfortable is more important than me having a little bit. I, I, get, I get freaked out. I don't like it. So, but I can't sleep. Nick sits down. Nick's done. We're on our way back from youth camp. Everybody's sitting like this on a really tight flight, and Nick's... I can't do that. But I, something interesting happened to me today. Maybe it's because I had to get up at 2.30. But, um, I, 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 and we went to bed super late. And I, I, but I got seated in my chair and immediately I went to sleep. Like hard, deep sleep. And as soon as I woke up from that, the Lord spoke Habakkuk 2 to me. And I'm like, this makes no sense, Slade, with where I feel like we're supposed to go today. But he's God, so I'm going to try and trust it. I hope that he pulls it all together. But more than anything, I think today was about Shane not needing the, this. He doesn't need this crutch and me not needing the perfect notes crutch. So we're all growing here, Shane. And uh, so if no one else gets anything out of today, we did. Me and you, homie. <laughs> so oddly, I felt like the Lord took me to Habakkuk too. And I'm like, this makes no sense. But I want to teach you. And then the Lord started highlighting some things to me. I want to teach you about what vision is. Say vision. Your vision is everything. Your personal vision is everything in your world. Habakkuk 2 verse 2. Then the Lord answered me. Write the vision. Say vision. Write the vision. Make it plain upon tablets that he may runneth who reads. Write the vision. I'm going to say we. I'm going to honestly just say, I'll just talk about me. But most preachers I've ever heard in my life have so mistaught this. I, rep, I have many times, I've repented many times. But I've, I've misunderstood this and made it about the church. And it's wrong. It's not about the church. It's about you. I, in error... And thinking that the church needed to be cool, trendy, and follow all of the guidelines of what it was supposed to look like. I literally believed Habakkuk, the prophet of God, in the Old Testament, 400 years before the Christ, would be writing to me as a senior leader pastor, leading a congregation of people in a school, meeting in a cafeteria in the late 2000s. This is what I pictured. That the prophet of God was giving me a way to grow my ministry. Write the vision. Make it plain upon tablets that he may run it through read it. So we so ruined this that I thought it was about our five-year plan. 
So we even had something as idiotic, Nick, as Vision Sunday. It's Vision Day. And I want to let everybody know where we're going in the Vision Day. Vision Day. And we would talk about, these are our goals. This is what we want to see come into the offering. These are the outreaches that we're going to be a part of. These are the missionaries that we're going to help. And I, we do all of those things. We believe in all of those things. But that is not vision. It's goal orientation. It's a franchise model. And whether or not you have the power of God, you can follow that and grow your church. Or your lawn care business. Or your real estate business. Or whatever all that Slade does. I haven't figured out what you could even say his company does. He takes metal things and makes other things. But you can, you can implement what we taught is vision. You can implement that and see productivity and growth in any area of your life. So it cannot... That cannot be what Habakkuk was speaking about. I don't think he cared about how many people came to the Summit Church in Providence Village Elementary Cafetorium. I don't think he was really moved by how many people showed up to the show that we put on every single Sunday. Which, do make no mistake, it was a show. Not y'all's fault, that's my fault. But we need to understand it was not a plan. Write the vision, make it plain upon tablets, was not a plan for how to grow the church. It was not a plan. And that's what we made it. We're going to make an easy vision. And we're going to write it on a wall. And then I want everyone who reads it to look at it and run after the vision. No, sir, that is not the point. Write the vision. Make it plain upon tablet. So we would say, these are the plans. These are the four things that we're going to do. Now, we have pieces and pillars of who we are. Family, honoring the presence of Jesus, legacy. So we have three pillars. We're more of a teepee. And so we have, we have those things, but those are not our vision. They're not our vision. They're pieces of our DNA, but they're not our vision. Jesus is the vision. He is our only plan. We have no plan B. Jesus. Your only vision is Jesus. I'm, it's, that's too simple. That's the point. Make it plain so that he who sees it can run after it. It's Jesus. It's not you having a five-year plan to pay off all your debt. And I want you to do that. I do not want you in debt. This is, but that is not the vision God has given you. The vision is his eyes that are bright like flames of fire. That are so consumed with tender kindness and love and compassion for you. That he speaks beloved identity over you and creates in you a new heart. Vision is Jesus. It's not a plan. And I spent a lot of times pointing people to the plan of the Summit Church. And I spent a lot less time pointing people to Jesus. But I'm telling you right now, the homestead is about one thing, Jesus. The homestead is about one thing, Jesus. We don't have a plan B. I'm telling you right now, we don't have a five-month plan. As you can tell, I don't have much of a five-minute plan. But I'm telling you, we are going to understand what, what, the, what the prophet in the Old Testament meant here when he said, write the vision. What is the vision? The vision is not a game plan for how we're going to get all of our goals met. I'm fine with all of those things. Have plans. Have goals. Have dreams. 
If you've got a mountain of debt, make a plan by the unction of prayer in the Holy Ghost. Make a plan of how to pay that off because I believe it's the will of God for you to do that. But his vision for you is not debt free. His vision for you is that you're the first and not the last. The lender and not the borrower above only and not beneath. I don't want to stop at debt free. I want to be debt free. It's just a bad place to stop. It's not a plan. What's the vision? Jesus. What's the plan for you? Jesus. What's the plan for this family? Jesus. So when he says, write the vision, make it plain. It's not an addendum to my structure. And this is what I tried doing. This is what I tried doing for years. For years, I tried adding Jesus and the Holy Ghost to what we had built without them. I tried adding Jesus and adding the Holy Ghost to the structure that he did not build. And in goodness, he stayed a long way away from it. And until we got tired jumping through the hoops and pretending and got honest, we were going to stay on that cycle. Because we thought if we had the right plan and read the right books and did all of that, we were going to make it. But the vision is not growth. The vision is Jesus. I was joking. My my mental note that I had to write down. But I actually remembered it. That's amazing. Um, We are finalizing. I wish Jamie was here for this. We are finalizing. I will have every bid in my hand sitting down with Jamie with Joe and with our builder who is Benton, we will have all of the bids. I will have a dollar amount exactly of what it's going to cost to build our new building. Y'all don't even know we're having a new building. But we are. And this is terrible strategy to start preaching like this, having a guitar break in the middle of service when you're about to do a fundraising plan. But I don't care. He's my answer. Our vision is Jesus. And Jesus whispers to us and changes direction. Because why? Because we're going to so honor where we are, he starts whispering about what's next. And so people are like, well, I thought we were going to be here forever. So did I. And that's why we honored it with all of our guts until he began to whisper something different. And we're going to get there. Don't, don't go, well, what the heck? What are we doing? No, it's going, to, it's, you're, it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be unbelievable. I love Collinsville. The church is going to be beautiful up there. I'm playing. No, we're going to be in Aubrey, right in the heart of the town, right in the heart of the city. We're going to build a homestead that's going to be here for generations. But my vision was, how can I grow the church? But if I was so bit when I was so busy growing the church, I wasn't growing them, and they're actually more my vision than anything else. So God has to take us into this place where we have to be rewired as to what real vision is. Because we used to see youth as the minor leagues. It's a baseball reference. There's a few baseball people in the... It's, it's baseball season, mighty God. Thank God. It's baseball season. Which, for those of you who don't know in Texas, that means it's going to rain every other day. It's going to be miserably cold and we don't get to play. But we're speaking against that. Sunny weather. Super Bowl Sunday at 70 degrees. Maybe we got a turn. But the minor leagues is how we saw youth. But that was never God's vision. So it's like, I'm going to be so, I used to think this, be faithful over little and I'll make you ruler over much. So I was going to be faithful over these 10 teenagers and God was going to give me 10,000 adults with a lot of money. 
Oh, I didn't mean to say that, but that was honest. That's what we thought. No, I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see vision, which is Jesus. And the way Jesus sees things is by generation. So actually, I begin to realize I'm never going to pastor thousands. But I can't wait to see what these guys do. Because that's a part of me. There's kids in this group that I believe with all of my guts. that not saying they're going to live in Auburn and be a part of the church forever, but they will be a part of my life forever. They're, I believe that with all of my guts. All of my guts, there's kids that I'm like, God put these kids in my life, and they're gonna, I'm going to be a part of their life, and they're going to be a part of mine forever. And if I was too busy with vision, I would have missed vision, which is Jesus, and it would have took me away from them, which have brought me so much fulfillment, it's changed my life. I, I would have been moved that there were so few people here any other time in my life except now. I'm more excited because, you know what, I get to actually talk to my family. So, man, I'm just, it's not a plan. So all of this, without vision, we perish. Clearly, it could not be a game plan if it meant if you don't have a good strategy, you're going to perish. Write the vision, Pastor. Make it plain upon tablets. No. Jesus. 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 Your vision is everything because it actually is your perspective. Vision is everything. It's actually your perspective. Your perspective is what changes everything in your life. Vision changes your life. It's everything in your world, but that vision is actually your perspective. I'm going to show you this. Jamal, I want you to come, man. We're all over the place. We might as well have some background music. Hallelujah. Vision is not sight. It's perspective. Prove that it's not about vision, sight, it's about perspective. I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Matthew 9. They're just going to be on the board. We're going to go quick, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. For those keeping score, this is why we're going to 10 a.m. Hallelujah. Matthew 9, 27. Write the vision, make it plain upon tablets that he may run who reads us. What's the vision, Nick? Jesus. Not Jesus and just Jesus. Not Jesus and my plan. Just Jesus. Yeah, preacher, but I know it actually is Jesus. What's the answer for your marriage? Jesus. And we have, we have, we have sons and daughters in our life that like, they want to meet with us. And the first thing we ask them is like, well, have you talked to Jesus about this? Well, yeah, but, 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 but they need, no, 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 no. There's nothing you're going to get from me that's better than what you get from him. My job is to help amplify and push you to the vision for your life, which is not me and my counsel. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. My life as your pastor, my role as a father over a family, my voice is not to be the greatest teacher. And all. It's to be a voice, of, at least be a witness of a man who is looking at Jesus. I'm not the best father. I'm not the best pastor. And I'm not the best friend. But I want to be a man that looks at Jesus. And so looks at him that he becomes to look at me. And then I begin to look like him. We start at the feet of Jesus. And then it moves to vision, which is face to face. There's actually a place beyond that, which is his face within my face, where he in me and I in him. As the Father is in him and I in him, we begin to abide and rest. Joe, we were there last week, resting in one another. 
Where I want, what I believe is we're going to get to the place, Slade, in vision, where we become so face-to-face that it becomes the face within the face that we become really confusing to things like cancer. I want to be really confusing to things like divorce. And sick babies. I want to get to the place where my vision is so in line that when we walk in to pray, cancer goes, I... I thought Matt was coming. That reminds me of the one who healed that man with the withered hand. Well, that's a little bit. No, no, no. He said greater works that you shall do. I shall do. You shall do. Because I go to my Father in anything you ask in my name. The same spirit, Nick, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in. And we thought Sunday morning church and perfected praise and worship was the goal and the ultimate. And I'm here to tell you, no, it's actually vision is the ultimate. And the vision is Jesus. There's people that teach today that the, 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 the time of healing was for the apostles. I've been in those Bible conferences that are lying. They're lying. And that this is, this is they, they don't know any better. Uh, there's a lot that I lied about unknowingly. They don't know any better, but I'm here. To, there's no, he says to his apostles, go. You are, and Paul says, as Christ is in the earth, so am I. If Jesus didn't say that through him, it would be heresy. But he said, I call you sons and daughters. The vision for your life is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. That's it. And anything that comes through that vision is so full of favor and full of life and full of joy. So now I'm a father, but I'm not just trying to be the best dad I can be in America. No, I'm following. I'm burning with my eyes for Jesus. And it changes the way that I see them. It changes the way that I pastor. And now I'm okay just rambling up here because I think he rambles sometimes too. I think it's... He's just stripping us of the church polished thing anyways, man. It's glorious. So, my God. Matthew 9, 27. I'm done, man. What's vision? Jesus left the house. Two blind men began following him, Jamal. Don't just read the Bible and miss. That's a very crazy statement right there. Jesus leaves the house. Two blind men began following him. Two blind men began following him, shouting out, Son of David, show mercy on us. And they followed him right into the house where Jesus was staying. There is no addendum to that verse where they were invited to come in. So Jesus asked them, Do you believe that I have the power to restore sight to your eyes? They replied, Yes, Lord, we believe. Then Jesus put his hands over their eyes and he said, you will have what your faith expects. And instantly their eyes opened and they could see. Then Jesus warned them sternly, make sure you tell no one what just happens. But what just happened, of course, that's unable to contain themselves. They went out and spread the news everywhere. Oh, this is so good to me. Obviously, vision has nothing to do with my current circumstances or my ability to see how the outcome is going to work. Two blind men are following him. It's amazing to me that blind men see him. And the Pharisees cannot. 
two blind men, prostitutes, and tax collectors, lepers, they see him. But the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, the high priest, they cannot. This is literally all of this rambling to this point right here. Obviously, vision and breakthrough is not about my experiences of the past or my sight of my current circumstances. Blind men can see him. But what Jesus, the unique thing about the Christ is that he is, he's more alive in this world where we can't see him as he was when we could. When he was in the flesh, there was a man named Jesus. And now he is omnipotent, omnipresent, available for all of us at all times. Yes. So all of this is to say this. Everything in your life comes down to your vision, but all of your vision is really just your perspective. I'm going to explain what that means. Because it sounds like humanism and you can just make up your... No, I'm not, it's not about... It's a heart thing. It's not a mind making up my mind. I'm going to serve God no matter what. No, it's my heart begins to see who he really is. Blind men see him. Blind men see him. And then he touches their eyes. And he says something so amazing. He says, you'll have all that your faith expects. You'll have all that your faith expects. Do you believe that I can heal you? They say, yes, Lord, we believe. He touches their eyes and says, you'll have all that your faith expects. Do you know what I heard the Lord saying to me this morning? Nick read this to me. And the same, he's like, I never saw that this blew up in me. You're going to have what you believe for. You'll have all that your faith expects. The Holy Spirit whispers to me. He says, you know what I was saying to them? You'll have all that you think you're worthy of having. You'll have all that your faith expects is actually. You'll actually have all. Because you actually don't have faith if you don't think you're worthy in his eyes. So I've, I've spent a lot of times naming and claiming in the name of faith and had no hope of it ever coming to pass. Because it wasn't just about my expectation. It was actually about me seeing myself worthy to inherit what he had for me. You'll have all that your faith expects or you're actually going to hold everything you believe you're worthy of holding. How we honor and position our hearts to his presence makes all the difference. It's about perspective. Thousands of times we find in scriptures, thousands of people around Jesus, the high priests are looking him in the eyes and they cannot see who he is. But blind men can. It's not about being in his presence. It's about so honoring that his presence is here. I'm going to change the perspective to know he's actually here for me. It's I, I, one of the most fascinating things to me, and I promise you I am done. Turn the ramble off. One of the most fascinating things to me happens all the time. I say, how can you be in a moment? Like last, last Sunday was one of the most glorious days we've ever had. I said, how can someone be? I think about this a lot. How can someone be in that and leave questioning if he's good and real and present? How, 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 do, you, how, do, you, how do you leave and not encounter him? There's thousands of people, and a man gets a breakthrough. How in the world did he, did he come 
and govern his faithfulness and say, nope, I just came for this one guy. I believe one guy might initiate him coming in, but he is no respecter of persons. He might come for Nick, but he's here for all of us. How can you be in the presence of Jesus? How can we see him doing things? It's, it goes back to the same thing. Nick's talking about times where he's standing there feeling completely dry. And he looks over and someone else is just bawling in the presence of God. And if you're still bound in religion, that'll make you feel bad about yourself. They must, I must not have it. This must not be my day. They must have something I don't have. He must love them in a way that he doesn't love me. I'm just not spiritual enough. I'm not deep enough. You know what it is? You actually don't think you're worthy to hold it. It's about a perspective within my heart to say, God, if you're here, it is my job to reciprocate in honor to say he's here and I am giving him the glory that is everything I have. You can be, that's what I'm just telling you. The posture of your heart makes all the difference. The perspective of your heart in worship makes all the difference. You can come in and believe nothing's going to happen for me. And I'm never going to get through this. This is just how everything's going to go in my life. And you'll sit there and you'll go through a moment where Jesus is present. And you leave the same. And I'm telling you, man, we are raising a family that says if he's here, it must be for me. You'll have all that you actually think you're worthy of. And I used to pray in faith and believe God for big things. But in the back of my mind, I thought all of the failure and I'm ne- the shame. You're at, why are you praying for that? But I said the right things. But it wasn't about me saying it. It's about the perspective of my, of my heart being able. Why? Because I didn't have vision. I had systems and I had strategies and I had plans and I had marketing ideas and I had this is how you pray and I read the book that taught you how to pray and, and, the, and the, the way you add this and do this and do this and do this and people get healed and none of it worked because it wasn't about that. It was about face to face that became the face within. But it's about vision. What's the vision? Jesus. Jesus. How can you be in the presence of God and you're like, he's not speaking to me. That's a lie. That's not wrong. That's not true. God doesn't speak to me that way. Yes, he does. If I'm talking to one person this morning, yes, he does. I'm just not that spiritual. Yes, you are. I'm not wired that way. Yes, you are. I shared this with Nick. I wasn't going to share it this morning. I'm going to stop saying I'm done. I'm reading a book. Written by my spiritual father, spiritual father. He is a out there prophetic guy. He's weird. I love him with all of my guts. I was he he took me to lunch dinner one night in Fort Worth. And like in the middle of dinner, he's like, ooh, dimensional shift. I'm like, oh. I mean he's he's out there. Apostle Aaron is out there. Even as I say that, he goes, is he out there or are you just stuck where you are? And I always said, I'm not wired the way those people are wired. I'm the practical son. I'm the normal guy. I'm funny. And I would hide behind my humor because my fear actually said, you're not worthy to go out that far. And I'd pray for big things in a montage of how many times I was sharp with my kids would come back to my heart. How are you going to pray for the next generation when you can't even always be Jesus-like to your own house? And so it would mess with me because I'm not worthy of that. 
not worthy of that. How are you going to pray for financial blessings and how many times you've blown that? Can't even trust me. You know, can't even, you, can't, you don't even tithe off $100. What do you think God's going to just bless you with a million? No, that'd be a detriment to me. And I, so I'm praying for big things. But somewhere in me, I didn't actually, I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't expect it to happen for me. I was telling Nick, I'm reading this book and it is unlocking some very weird things in me. Like, I'm just going to be honest, very weird. What I was saying earlier about building the building, back to my thought, is this is really a bad strategy to start talking like this, preaching like this, and having services like this when we're changing things. But I want you to know where we're going. And it's uncharted waters because it's actually what you were born for. And it doesn't look like normal church because you weren't born for that. Neither was I. And I... This week, I'm, I'm, this, this, this book is just like blowing me up. And it's so different, man. He's just a, a different guy. Different guy. And there's things he says in it that I don't know that I understand. But I'm just not going to shut it off because it don't make sense. It just invites me to explore what I believe God is speaking to me. Right? Apostle Aaron is different. Damon is very different. So he comes from the same lineage. I'm reading... He's, he, 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 he's just a different cat. And so he took us to dinner one night, and he said, Matt, I really brought you here, and I bought you dinner because I have business to do in South Texas. And as a governor over this state, I need you to grant me permission to send me into that meeting. And I'm like, I don't talk that way. I don't have the protocol for that, Nick. I literally go like this. If y'all can imagine me in that moment. I'm, first off, when Damon called me, Apostle Damon calls me and said, Hey, I just got off the phone with Aaron. He's five hours away from Dallas. He's on his way to pick you up. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, you didn't feel it come up real fast. I'm about to be corrected. I'm about to be corrected. What is, what? I've, never, I've never hung out with this man in my life. This was last year. It was this time last year. And I literally, if you can imagine me in that meeting, I go, Apostle? I love what you just said. I don't have a clue what you mean. It feels right in my heart. I'm going to need you to tell me what you want me to do here. So imagine the, like this very intimidating, like he just is. He's just like a mighty man of God in my eyes, you know. And so Nick, Nick, stand right here. I'm, this, I shouldn't, yeah. But I literally, I, he goes, I want you just to bless me and send me into this because you oversee this land. And I, I, he has an understanding of all of that that is beyond me. And I literally go, and Jamie's sitting there, and Jamie is just going. <laughs> She's watching me because she wants to tell the story about me later. And I just go like this. <laughs> and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> and... <laughs> But I'm reading this book. Thank you. That was all I needed. I'm reading this book. I'm reading the book, and things are just unlocking. Like these great mysteries are like. And then what Apostle Damon is preaching on Friday night. While he says, in one second, like a thousand times played back in my head. Like in one second, I saw a thousand different times I've said, that's just not how I'm wired. I'm just not like that. I'm not super spiritual like that. I'm more practical. Like a, a line of all of that, like me hiding behind my humor. I am funny. I know that about myself. I'm a joy to be around. <laughs> but I would hide behind that. 
And, and when we would be in moments like that, I'd hear the Lord say something and I would hold it back because what if I was wrong and these other guys are super spiritual? If it's something prophetic happening, they're going to get it, not me. We'd go through all of that and in a moment, the Lord showed me all of these times I've said that and the Holy Spirit whispered to me and said, I never said you were deep, you did. I never said that about you, you did. Pain did. Disappointment did. Rejection did. I didn't say that about you. And I had to lift my vision back to where it belongs which is not here it's here it's not well God if you could see this to be true no it's like I'm going to so see him blind men see him why because there was something alive in them that could follow something that they couldn't see what ends up happening is my vision for his eyes opens the door for me to see what I'm seeing in the realm of the unseen and ultimately I believe I get to hold it in the realm of the seen but first it begins where I can't see it so I'm believing for your marriage whether or not your marriage looks right now I'm believing where I live and where God lives where we're going everything's good I know right now it seems like it's not working and it's fear and things are sticking up in my mind like I'm not worthy of that. I'm telling you, it all begins when we begin to allow Him to look back at us. Where does that come? From vision. If I'm looking at Him, it means He's looking at me and He's telling me what He thinks about me. Which is not that I'm a worthless, never going to amount to nothing, and just be a good Bible-believing Southern guy and you're going to get there because you're not really wired real spiritual. Yes, you are. You were pre-wired predestined for the deep weird spiritual amazing glorious things called the kingdom of God that's what you were born for and we settled for a lie that said that wasn't how we were wired yes it is well we were told that there wasn't healings I'll prove to you that there are His ne- look at Shane how do, you, how do you complete that how do you reconcile that he was in a coma we prayed and then he wasn't how do you reconcile that unless God we, we use it as an excuse because we didn't trust going into waters we had never been before because it was unnerving we didn't think we were worthy to hold it. I'm here to tell you you are worthy I didn't say that and you don't say that he says that about you you are worthy of that you are worthy of big dreams you are worthy of exploits of his faithfulness and his goodness and I don't care how long you've believed a lie that you're not we're starting today with a brand new culture I feel the Holy Ghost Father we thank you you're going to have all that you expect you're going to have all that you actually believe you're worthy of you don't get that from just making up your mind You get that from seeing vision, which is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's nerve-wracking at times because I know if I'm looking at Jesus, means he's going to bring up something. That face-to-faith becomes that before revival comes revealable. And he starts bringing up things that I, I thought I'd done a good job of keeping down. And pains, and rejections, and fears, and my pride, and my control. And insecurities, all of that comes up front. It's not for the sake of shame. It's for the sake of wholeness. It's for the sake of wholeness. You're going to have all that you think you're worthy to hold. You're going to have all that your faith expects. I don't, I know, my God, today's weird. But it's who we are. Weird becomes normal. Father, I really don't know the best way to close this, so I'm just going to pray. 
Father, I believe you are inviting a family to vision. Not a plan, not a strategy. Those have their places, but they are not your ultimate design. So, Father, I thank you. You're inviting us into what real vision is, which is the lifestyle called face-to-face. It's what we were born for. And the face actually becomes the face within the face. And God, we begin to image forth your loving kindness. We begin to see you rightly, which then has to then make the way we see ourselves rightly. And God, for the people in the room that bought the lie like I did for years, that's just not, I'm not worthy to hold that. I break that lie by the authority you've given me over this family. We break that lie today in the name of Jesus. We're not going to make up our mind that we're never going to buy that light. God, no, we're going to let it get settled in our heart even right now. You're going to settle it in our heart. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. It's not how he sees you. I don't care how many times you said you're going for it and you fall back into complacency and normal. I, that's the, I know every word to that song. But God is doing something in this family that's inviting us into weird, different waters. And we don't understand how it all works out. And it doesn't make sense with the normal growth church plan. But I'm telling you what's happening. We're, we're going to see the goodness of God. We're going to see the kingdom. We're going to see revival. We're going to see marriages marked by the goodness of God. Our kids are never going to go left or to the right. They're going to know the goodness of God. I don't want normal. I don't want normal. I wasn't born for normal. I was born to host I was born to host an outpouring of your spirit. And we are worthy to hold that. Not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. You are worthy of that. So every lie of misidentification we break and we say we are learning that we are the beloved of God. We're learning that we're the beloved of God. And every lie over our identity, I thank you that you are healing that perspective as we find the face of Jesus. And so I know maybe not everybody will, that's okay. It may not be for everybody. It might be for one. But I think if one gets it, Nick, it's never going to stop. Despise not the day of small beginnings. It might just be for one. But Father, for those of us that say yes, we say yes to the peculiar. We say yes to the unexplainable. We say yes to the weird at times. And God, if they leave, they don't understand and they think that we're crazy. That's okay. They thought the same thing about you. So forgive me for caring so much that I'm the most popular when you said that that was not going to work that way. But God, I thank you that what you're doing is you're you're actually showing us that the, the weird, the unfamiliar is actually super safe as long as we're on it with you. So God, give us a peace that surpasses understanding. Visit us in ways that we've never dreamed. Let us know you in ways we've never seen. God, open our eyes to hear and our our, our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Eyes to see and ears to hear. What real vision is, is Jesus. We have no plan B at the homestead. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. 
And we're going to learn what the lifestyle of putting you in the center really is. The centrality of Jesus is the answer for every one of our problems. It's Jesus. God, over every marriage, I declare Jesus is at the center. Whatever we got to rearrange to put you back at the center, God, Holy Ghost, reveal that to us and give us the grace to say it's worth it. Every adjustment, every sacrifice to get you back to the center, God, we do it. We say yes. If it's just a handful, God, we say yes. If it's just a handful, God, we say yes. If it's just a few of us, we say yes. For every marriage, I declare he's, over, he's in the center. Over every dream, every time we pray, every, everything that we're asking you for, we're going to do it through the lens of face-to-face. Seeing you for the kind, compassionate Father you are and hearing you speak back into us that we are the beloved. So, Father, we thank you. I thank you that today was different. Thank you that I have no idea how to close this service. We're just going to enjoy the fact that we believe you're here. We're going to learn how to posture our heart to receive from you if you're here. We're not going to wait for a feeling. We're not going to wait for an emotional response. We're not going to wait for chill bumps. If we believe you're here, we're going to go after you with everything that we have. And let our hunger initiate the face-to-face. So, Father, we thank you and we love you. It's in your awesome name. Amen. 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 I love you. 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 Man, you guys have an awesome week. If you need to stay, you want to stay and pray, I'm going to demand Jamal play a little bit. If you need to pray, you want to come pray, me and Nick to pray with you, whatever, man, come find us. We're so thankful. So, so thankful for what the Lord is doing. You guys have an awesome week. Enjoy your Super Bowl party, whatever you got going on. We love you. We love you. We love you. Reminding us who we are and what we were born for. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Let's just lift our hands. Let's sing through that one more time. Fire and wind. One more time. Let's just lift our hands and lift our heart. Come on. What does a family look like with whole hearts fully surrendered, giving Him everything. Not perfect, not that you got it all figured out, but I'm giving everything I am to Him. And God, I'm abiding and trusting in Your goodness. Won't You do it again? Open up the gates, let heaven come.
Hallelujah. I, real, real quick, and I'm done. But we just, I just feel the Lord saying some things. I, I want to do a few, feel, I feel the Lord saying a few things to some specific people. But first, while we were singing that, and I was honoring, thinking about my dad, thinking about Apostle Damon. I want to honor two very important ladies. I want to honor Michelle, who founded this church with my dad and remained. And remained and gave the keys to her boys. This was always for us. We didn't know it. We didn't understand it. But they never stopped saying it. This was always for us. But what they didn't even see was it actually wasn't for us. It was for them. This will freak you out. I actually believe in my heart the, the person I will literally hand the keys to this ministry to is a member of our current youth group. I believe the Lord has showed me that. And oddly enough, I believe the Lord showed Jamie that and Apostle Damon that. I honor Michelle and I honor Margaret. She has remained. When it didn't make sense, and it would have made a whole lot more sense for you to be used at a different place, you've remained connected to the Word. Does that mean you'll be here for a thousand years? Who knows? But you've so been fully here every second of the time that the Lord has blessed us with you. And I honor you. Women, if you don't know her, it, that's your fault and you need to. I will tell you this. It's not her, her person. She's not going to run down and catch you in the parking lot and just tell you how happy she was to see you today. <laughs> but if you really want to... And the mother of this house is the same. My wife, is, she, she loves people. But if you're, as soon as service is over, you sprint out the door, you'll never know them. You'll never know Michelle. You sow into them, pour into that relationship and help and put, make yourself available. I'm telling you, these women are about covering you and helping you become everything God's intended you to be. Amen. I want to, Brian, I felt like the Lord just highlighted you while we were singing that song. And I just, I don't know what that even means, but I honor you. I honor the way you worship. The way you raise your kids moves my heart. And the parts that don't even make sense about this church even and all of it. Like, you just are like, cool. Just going to worship, man. I'm, the Lord told me to be here and I'm remaining right. Why? You know why? Because then I see that little willow singing the goodness of God. And I go, you know, I bet that man believes it's worth it. I bet that man believes all of the confusion was worth it. And I think God surprised us and moved you to, moved you to Krugerville. I don't know what all that means in the days to come, but I honor you and your family. Hallelujah. I celebrate that. And I could go around the room. Joe and Pam, this time last year, we're living in Wyoming. In case you've never been there, it's way prettier than Omri. And the Lord moved them to Providence Village, and they stumbled in here, and we're thankful. Thankful, man. I could go around the room honor my friends that have remained when it would have made a lot more sense to do something more simple and close by home and it's amazing man it's amazing bitten bland I honor you I honor you I'm thankful man I know he's not here but Brandy Jody I honor you 
every question mark will get answered when them boys and that girl become everything that God's intended them to be. Every, everything that hasn't made sense. I just honor that. I don't even know I have the right language for it except it's awesome. I'm so proud of that. I, I look around the room and I, that's the story of so many of us. It's the story of so many of us. I remember Joe is my best friend. We're, we're, we're best friends. And for, we were neighbors. We didn't know each other. And he was a neighbor. And he knew I was. I didn't even want to tell him I was a pastor. I didn't want him to come here. Because I still wanted. I needed a friend. <laughs> like, nah, don't worry about it. I remember he came, though. And he said something. Him and his wife, Stephanie, said something. He said something to me that first day that I think about so often. He said, I came here. And I'm like, where is the playground? Where is this? And I, we loved this about our old church. And he said, he said, but you know what? I'm her dad. I can take her to the dang park. I believe that we're supposed to be to mature in this environment. I remember that just moved my heart. It's like, man, that, that gives me permission that we can't have everything. You want to give us a lot of money? We'll have everything. Because everybody who's questioned about a playground has not offered up a penny to pay for one. Hallelujah. I believe, I believe we can, the goodness of God can create out of, but I just am not there yet in my faith. But I honor those of you that just say, you know what, and I'm, I'm not saying this to say this is your place, but I'm, I'm challenging you to really begin to pray that God would put you there. And wherever that is, while he says that's your place, go fully in. The good, the bad, and the ugly, this is family to me. This is family, this is home to me. So, Father, we just say thank you. What a day. I'm thankful for this family. Thankful for families like the Hamiltons that remained when it didn't make sense. And thankful for families like the Max. I'm thankful for that. God, what you're doing is creating a family and a home. Where permission's granted for us just to go for it. We love that. We celebrate that. And God, I thank you. And I pray, even over this week, God, you'd still reveal to us. Because there's really no way in a moment that we surrender everything. There's still, God, I thank you, Holy Ghost, that you just begin to remind us and show us some of those scars, those wounds, those disappointments, those fears, those insecurities that we still are afraid to surrender. And God, I thank you that your goodness just says, I'm going to... Lay all of that at your feet as Nick's taught us this morning that my lungs can get filled with the breath of God. Revival is here. We're coming alive. We celebrate you in your awesome name. Amen. Amen. I love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. This Wednesday night, 630, young people, come on. We're going to have a blast. We love you. God bless you. Have an awesome week. We can't wait to see you right back here next Sunday morning.